0: This is Hope and Health with Doctors Michelle and Mark Sherwood. Insights and interviews with a dose of straight talk to help you enjoy optimal health in all areas of life.
1: So, welcome everyone to another edition of Hope and Health for today, and my guest is someone I met a while back. I was following her on Twitter, actually, and I Mm -hmm. thought I'm just going to reach out to this unique person and see if she'll uh, be the guest on the show. And then I met her in Tulsa recently. What a great find we have. Here is my new friend, Melissa Tate. Melissa, thanks for joining us. We appreciate it.
0: Well, thank you so much, Dr. Mark, for having me on. It's an honor Well, you have
1: a a really encouraging and uplifting message, and I just want to get right into it because you are full of some incredible content. Talk about your background, where you came from, and how that relates to your now living in this country.
0: Okay. So uh, I was born and raised in Zimbabwe. I came to the United States at the age of 19. I basically left everyone and everything I knew to come to the United States. Which is pretty typical for a middle class family to send their kids abroad to study. So um, I came during a time that Zimbabwe was actually going through a, a devastating economic collapse. You know, it was it, it made world news because it was the worst inflation in the history of the world. But because uh, my mom is a woman of faith, she she said that I would go to the United States by faith. So I arrived by faith and. And the Lord just opened up doors for me as far as you know universities. I managed to get a, a scholar a partial scholarship. I ended up getting a track scholarship, so I was able to pay my way through college and with hard work, I was able to graduate with a business degree and then I worked for a big bank as an investment advisor for about three years. but I've always been very entrepreneurial so um Three years into it, I started my own business in e-commerce right at a time when e-commerce was really beginning to become a thing. So I, I kind of got in right at the right time. And um, needless to say, my business just skyrocketed more than what I ever expected it would. So by the time of tw- by the time I was 27 years old, I had a business that was doing seven figures in revenue. I had you know multiple employees my husband and I were, you know, traveling the world, living the American dream, and today we have three beautiful children. Mm. So um, that's kind of how my uh, a condensation of my of my story. So um, how I got into politics, uh, I kind of started getting into politics when President Trump. Uh, well, a little bit before that, I started to notice, you know, the things that were happening with both the Democrats and the Republicans, and I wasn't too happy with both parties. so i um I got on Twitter to follow President Trump uh, during that time that he was running. And I started just tweeting my own thoughts at the same time, and I started gaining a following. And I never really went into it for the uh, <laughs> you know, thinking that I'll get followers. But before you knew it, I had you know hundreds of thousands of followers. President Trump was retweeting me. And I started being invited to events, and next thing I'm at the White House taking a selfie with the President of the United States. So yeah, <laughs> so it's been quite an interesting ride. But um, I guess 2020 kind of changed things for me because you know, uh, with with the whole uh, Black Lives Matter and George Floyd, what happened with that situation. And just the way the country went into turmoil with the COVID situation, you know, it was a very tough time. And um, during that time, um, I started to notice this rhetoric that America is systemically racist. I mean, I had always heard it before, but it was it was always kind of like in the far left corners of academia and Twitter. But it wasn't very mainstream. But I feel like uh, 2020, when that uh, George Floyd tragedy happened, it kind of pushed it into the mainstream and I started to hear friends and family kind of parroting that same, you know, far left ideology of white supremacy and, you know, all these things. And it really grieved my spirit. Yeah. And um, so I was like, you know, as somebody who follows politics, I, I know that the average person just kind of hears sound bites from the media and they just kind of parrot whatever the media is saying because they're not really paying attention. So I became really frustrated because I'm like, I know Black Lives Matter is an organization that you know, it's very corrupt. It's a Marxist organization. Uh, they're actually being sued by some of the parents of the, you know, um, the people that have their children have been killed for exploiting them and raising money. For, uh, you know, using their children's names, and um, you know, and and they don't do anything for the black community. They're basically just a a propaganda uh, a fundraising arm for the Democrat Party. Very corrupt organization. So I know all these things, but. Yeah. I was starting to see my church embrace Black Lives Matter, starting to see friends and family embrace it. And I got really frustrated. So I was like, well, instead of just being frustrated, let me sit down and write a book about it and expose all of it. Because I know it. I follow it. You know, I'm very involved in politics and I pay a lot of attention. And then I actually did a lot of research and I actually started discovering a lot of things that I didn't even know about you know black american history about black lives matter about you know the ideology behind all of it which is like critical race theory it's yeah. kind of starting to become a thing now like people are starting to notice it because they're seeing it in their schools it's being taught in schools now it's now in corporations and it's a very dangerous ideology and then i started to draw kind of the parallels from you know my background in zimbabwe you know we kind of went through a similar you know, um, a similar uh, ideology that collapsed the country. So I started to see how, you know, the left is is weaponizing race and so forth. So I just wanted to write about it and I wanted to educate people, you know, whether you're on the left or right, <clears throat> but particularly on the right, because, you know, even even people on our side, you know, they they don't know how to push back against the lies and they don't really know the facts that they can you know stand up to this ideology so so that's kind of a um mm-hmm. bit about you know my life and why i wrote the book and, and so forth
1: <laughs> well i appreciate you sharing that um i didn't get to share this with you i don't know if you know this but prior to becoming a naturopathic doctor i was a police officer for over 20 years and it's oh, been incredibly challenging to watch this occur from the standpoint of many of the uh, propagation of the false information that's out there. And uh, Mm -hmm. one of the most emotional things that I've had to deal with is the um, condemnation of authority in general, you Mm -hmm. know, and uh, I never went out there any day to hurt anybody. I just went out there and enforce the law and go home safely. Um, So from my perspective to what you just said, you know, and, and I have a little experience that some people don't understand. Mm-hmm. And so do you, so, yes. you know, it's been very interesting to watch your uh, rise in the media. And that's what frankly drew me to you because I thought, you know, here's a person who seems to get this mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. talk about, you know, what, and I'm familiar with the history of Zimbabwe when the land mm-hmm. was sort of turned over and all that talk right. about that a little bit. And, and I want people to really get the parallels of what mm-hmm. you experienced and what seemingly is trying to be uh um, instituted here
0: yes okay so in zimbabwe we actually uh we actually have a, a white population and obviously a black population because uh you know the history of uh zimbabwe is that we were colonized by the british for you know several hundred years so uh we did have a period of colonization where we had you know something that would be similar to segregation here like you know where you know, whites only, blacks only, and so forth. So we had that situation. And then uh, in 1980, uh, our president, uh, well, our president at the time, you know, they had a liberation war. So there was a war between, you know, the white Zimbabweans and the black Zimbabweans, and the the black Zimbabweans won. So we had our independence, and our president became president. But instead of Instead of uh, you know causing division within the country, our president actually said that you know what we we need to come together. Black, white people need to come together, and we need to look forward. We don't need to look back at the days of colonization and so forth. So he made that declaration, and the and the country did unite. So growing up, I there, there was never any like racial animosity or tension, or whatever. Growing up in Zimbabwe, I went to school with white people and black people and we were all friends and, you know, things were, you know, good, good relations between black, blacks and whites. So um, it was just um, towards the time that I was getting closer to high school that they, uh, you know, things took a turn because basically, you know, um, the, the economy was starting to falter because of uh, failed uh, socialist policies, basically. So you had a lot of people that were becoming unemployed. There was a lot of poverty that was starting to come into the country because of the politics and the policies that they were implementing. So instead of like taking ownership of their own failed policies, they decided to create this kind of Marxist, you know, um, division between the blacks and the white white people. So it, Immediately, you know, the narrative became that it's not our fault that you know the country's going south. It's because of the white people. You know, the white farmers they're to blame, and they're the reason why you're in the situation you're in right now. So, um, so uh, you know, obviously, I mean, at the time we did have some. Uh, there was supposed to be a land uh, reform program that was supposed to be done in an orderly fashion, and it was it was something that even blacks and whites had agreed on. But then this rhetoric kind of inflamed the situation. So it created a lot of division. But then this was happening in the rural areas because it was mostly like on farms. So I never really like w- witnessed it in the cities. People didn't really witness the tensions that were occurring, you know, in the rural areas and the farms and so forth. So it was just stuff that we would read in newspapers. So, um, so yeah, so needless to say, you know, things just... Uh, uh, Escalated, and uh, you know, a lot of uh, white farmers lost some of their farms. You know, uh, there was a lot of back and forth. There was a little bit of violence that took place, and then uh, you know, it was just a cascading effect. So you know, the uh, foreign investment started to pull out of Zimbabwe. You know, farm production went down. You know, so it just completely collapsed the country. You know, economically. So now, you know, unemployment is like 80%. Uh, Inflation was ridiculous. I think at the height of it, it was like maybe, I think I I just saw a video. It said it was something like 70 billion percent. (laughs) Wow. Mm -hmm. That is shocking.
1: Would you say that this trend, I mean, you're coming at this from an angle that few people know anything about. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Would you say this trend is starting to, Propagate itself in America?
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. I'm starting to see the parallels now, and that's why I've become really vocal because I'm like, you know, just that whole ideology of the Marxist, you know, black versus white. It's bigger than just creating tensions between cities, but it has economic consequences, and you're you're going to start to see that happen because when a country has no national cohesion and no you know, national identity and there's balkanization, it creates a lot of tension within the country. And then it's going to start having economic repercussions. And then you also see what, you know, uh, President Biden is doing with the printing of the money and the spending and the so forth. You know, it's just, yeah, it's it's like deja vu. So I actually lived it. So it's not like a abstract con, uh, concept for me. It's something that I actually experienced. You know, my mother had a retirement account. She had life insurance plans. She had all these things that she had spent her life, you know, investing in and only to wake up that and find out that, you know, what all the money that she had could just make her a bag of groceries at the store. I mean, it was so bad that you would be in a grocery store mm. and put stuff in your basket based on one price by the time you get to the till to check out the prices have gone up just in that one visit and that wow. quickly it was happening. So, yeah, so it, it was, it was devastating. It was a devastating time, you know, people that had money lost everything. And, you know, so it was, it was a very tough time, but, you know, Zimbabweans are very strong people and, um, you know, they braved, they braved all of it and, you know, it's just been uh, quite a ride, but yeah, so that. You wrote a book
1: and I, mm-hmm. I like how you put it. Um, you you had the word white privilege as the mm-hmm. title, and you have it kind of crossed out. Yes. But people can see it. I think they can probably see it behind you as right now. Yeah. Those, that are, those that are actually watching on video, the ones that are mm-hmm. one that you can't, but trust me, there's a there's a book behind her that's got the <laughs> word white cross out, and it's got the word choice above it. So the book's title is choice. Privilege. Yes. Tell everyone that has not read the book as I have. But what mm-hmm. is that book about? What do you hope to achieve, and what's the main message?
0: Well, basically, I cross out the word white because um, it's not the color of your skin that determines your destiny, particularly in America. It's it's the choices that you make. You know, the Heritage Foundation just did a study, and they found out that if you make three basic choices, you have a ninety eight percent chance of being in the middle class. And that's just finishing high school, getting a job and getting married before you have children. So just those three basic choices, you know, puts you in the running for being in the middle class. So really it's about the choices that you make, but you know, the left wants to make it about the color of your skin because they, um, you know, it's basically part of that Marxist ideology where you're trying to divide people into oppressed versus oppressor. So if you're, you know, if you're white, it's not about the individual or your experience or or what you've done. It's just because of the color of your skin automatically, you're an oppressor and you're a bad person. And then on this side, if you're black automatically, you are a, uh, an oppressed person, you know, which is the divide and conquer Marxist, uh ideology that they're trying to put in here so i actually um when you just think of it in real life like for example my son uh when he was three years old he was going to a preschool at at a catholic school and um we received a notice from the school and they said they were going to have a guest speaker to speak to all the kids all the way from preschool all the way up to 12th grade and the topic was going to be white privilege and this was like the first time i had ever heard this idea. (laughs) And I was like, what is this about? So I go online and I study it and I was like, oh my goodness, this is horrible. Why would anyone want to teach this to children? So I thought about it. I was like, so you're going to tell my son that because he is brown, he is, he is less than his white classmates. You're going to tell him that he has a disadvantage and he's oppressed. I mean, what is that going to do to his psychology? You know what I'm saying? And then, even like the, I was thinking of the white children. How are they going to be even treating my son if they know that, you know, they are oppressors or whatever, you know, just the dynamics that it creates, like just in real life? I couldn't believe it. So we actually went to the school and we asked them, we're like, what is this all about? Why are you guys teaching children this divisive ideology? And they were, you know, they just defended their position on teaching it. But we immediately took our son out of it. And this was like, you know, maybe seven years ago before it was even like a a really big thing like it is now, you know, but immediately I was like, no, I'm not going to let anyone tell my son that because of the color of his skin, he is destined for failure (laughs) because of white supremacy or whatever it is, something that I have never experienced as a Black person in America, you know? Um, Yeah. Yeah,
1: I think that's fascinating, you know, from your perspective and um, obviously your honesty and your openness in addressing this head on is um, it's very contagious and it draws attention. Have you received um, feedback, both good and bad? And if so, um, what kind of feedbacks it been for your book, Choice Privilege?
0: Well, for the most part, I, I have had very good feedback, you know, obviously from uh, even from people who are not even on the right, you know, people who are not really political. When I talk to people, just regular people, and and they ask me, uh, what's the name of your book? And I tell them it's called Choice Privilege. And it's basically a play on the words white privilege. And I yeah. talk about how it's the choices you make and not the color. And most people are like, wow, I want to read that book. You know, I'm talking, you know, people on the left and right. And yeah. Everything in between, you know, it's just a concept that everybody agrees with. But we just have a really vocal minority that has a lot of power that is pushing this ideology. And we have to push back. We have to push back uh, at it for sure, because it is it is uh, pure indoctrination.
1: What is the best way, in your opinion, to push back?
0: Well, I mean, there's a short term. Well, for what I tell people is we need to stand up to it. Number one, people need to stop being afraid to speak up and speak the truth. You know, um, the left, the reason why they're able to um, advance in their ideology is because they're able to scare people into silence, to where are afraid to be called a racist. I'm like, don't be afraid to be called a racist for speaking the truth. I get called a racist. I get called a white supremacist. I get called every in the book but you know what we have to stand up and push back against it because the country is not going to have a future if we don't do it so you can say well I, I don't want to be called a racist so I'm just going to be quiet but then the consequences on the other side of not speaking up are going to be so much worse than you being called a racist so I always tell people that you know what we have to push back against this so when it comes to you know the schools that your children are attending, find out what they're teaching them because find out if they are teaching this uh, critical race theory and race race baiting ideology. Find out. And if they are, get together with another, some like-minded parents, you know, maybe talk to some other parents because most people are going to be on your side because most people don't want their kids being told that they are evil and oppressive because they're white. Most people don't want their children if they're black to be told that they're not going to amount to anything because of white supremacy. So you're going to have a lot of people that are going to um, come behind you. If you make them aware and you start to, um, you know, talk about it, start to get together with other parents. Cause usually if you try to do it by yourself, you know, they may just dismiss you as, Oh yeah, this crazy racist parent or whatever. But if you get together with other parents and form yeah. a, a little coalition, and go to the school board, go to, um, you know, or even on a state level, you know, go to your elected representatives and get it banned statewide, which is something that is starting to happen. I think Tennessee is the latest state that did that, which is eight yep. so So um, those are just a few of, of the things that, you know, you need to do. I do talk about uh, some longer term things that we need to do in the book. I mm-hmm about how we need to start take back education because that's where we're losing the war as conservatives and as patriots uh for the country we're really i mean we may win a lot of battles but we're losing the war because the left has 50 million kids that they're indoctrinating you know they've dumbed down the education uh quite a bit with curriculums um they're also teaching very far left ideology that they used to save Till college, but they've started from K, at least as recently, maybe like the last three years. So it's become very dangerous. So we have to become engaged. We have to be politically engaged at every level. And then um, obviously the corporations, this is happening as well, the corporations, it's happening in every sphere of society, but we have to push back against it. I just saw that there's a farm that... Um, is now suing the Biden administration because the Biden administration said that they were just going to give so-called people of color. And I hate that term (laughs) because it's like, it's like everybody against white people, but I'm like, white people also have color. They're also people of color. So um, yes, go. (laughs) And you have a color. (laughs) I have color. Yes.
1: I'm a person of color as well. Yes.
0: There you are. There you are. So So, yeah, so the Biden administration is saying that only farmers of color are going to get a certain stimulus package. We've seen this happen in California where, you know, I think it was a mayor of a town said that they're only going to give um, black and Latino parents uh, poor people stimulus money, but they're not going to give poor white people. So that's something that you have to push it because the Civil Rights Act protects everybody. It protects white people. It protects black people. There is no way in this country that you can have that type of racial discrimination. And the only reason why they're getting away with it is because a lot of people who are white feel afraid to stand up to it because they're afraid of being called a racist. But that has to stop because it is wrong. Racism is wrong no matter who it is against. And this is creating a lot of division within the country that is not only hurting white people, it's also hurting the black community because it is also creating this ideology that is that is stifling a lot of people cuz imagine if you're you know told from a young age that you have this system that is against you that you're never you're it's going to be really hard for you to succeed it's going to create a belief system in a lot of these young minds that you know they they're not really going to achieve anything in life because of the color of their skin so that belief system is going to create the actions, which, or lack of action, and they're not even going to try. And then it's going to start becoming a self-fulfilling prophecy because of that mindset, because it's a very, um, you know, it's, it's like a mental prison that they're putting a lot of people who buy into this, you know, so, so we have to push back against it.
1: So I like how you put that. Uh, And, and, you know, we talked about this before going on. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, what, what role does faith, your faith play in all this, Melissa?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, you know, I was born and raised, I mean, I was raised very, well, Zimbabwe is very Christian. So about 90% of uh, Zimbabweans are Christian. So we're just naturally very Christian, very conservative kind of culture. But um, at the age of I think, 10, my mother became born again and she became a very uh, devout child of God. So we used to spend a lot of time in the church at all night prayers, <laughs> you know, so we were at church like three times a week. So I, I grew up in the church. I grew up with very Christian, very conservative values. So I've always carried that all through my life. So um, I really think that the all the problems that we're seeing right now in the United States are just a a result of a departure from the principles the judeo-christian principles that that founded this country you know so when you look at things like just marriage you know when you and you see what's happening with marriage when you see what's happening in the country, like with all these things that are uh, taking place, if you trace it back, you it just it just goes back to the fact that we're departing away from the Judeo-Christian values that this nation was founded on, and the further we away we go away from that, the further we are away from the freedom and prosperity that those principles brought. So that's how I look at it.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, well put. Um. You know, how, how can people connect with you and how can they get their book, your book and uh, talk about your media channels? What's the best way to do that?
0: Okay. Uh, so uh, I have a website and it's uh, melissatate.me, melissatate.me. So um, that's, that's where I have most of, that's where I have, you can find links to my social media accounts. I'm also on social media at the right, Melissa, and right instead of left, <laughs> <laughs> right, Melissa, so you can find me on Instagram at that handle. You can find me on Facebook and on Twitter. So that's a good way to find me. And my book is actually on my website as well, citate.me. Or you can also find it on Amazon and on um, um, iBooks and uh, Barnes and
1: Nobles. So. Well, I'm going to encourage everyone listening to, to get on that website. Follow Melissa around, melissatate.me, and you will understand why she is the right Melissa. <laughs> I tell you uh, but <laughs> the book is uh, not only intriguing, it's eye-opening, and it really meant a lot to me personally because from my background, as I stated earlier, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's a unique perspective that's fresh. And I hope people are listening to what you're saying. I'm sure mm-hmm. they will. But I yes. want them to support you fully in this movement and the more people that get behind, not just you, they're getting behind the idea of fighting back against really systemic racism, right? Yes. Yes. Well, there's people out there right now that are listening and, and perhaps they're confused.
0: Mm -hmm. They're hurting,
1: they're wounded. They've been indoctrinated. They're afraid to say anything, you know, kind of Mm -hmm. like you talked about. Yeah. How would you encourage that person right now? If you're talking to them just straight
0: up and you are, Tell them what they need to know. Well, um, I would say that what we need to do right now as a country is we need to come together, whether you're black, whether you're white. We need to come together and, and just as Americans and not look at each other based on the color of our skin. Because when you have politicians starting to divide people by race, It is a dangerous path, no matter. I mean, if you look at history, it's never had any good results. Okay. My four-year-old is actually starting to call me right now. Are we able to pause it for just a second?
1: Just go do that. That's fine while you're a four-year-old and I'll keep. (laughs) Sorry about that. It's all good, mom. It's
0: cool. Okay. I'll be right back.
1: (laughs) Sounds great. So folks, I hope you're listening to what we're talking about today. Um, here is Melissa Tate. She's a mom, she's an entrepreneur, she's a wife, and she's doing everything she can to communicate to all of us that we don't have to live in this context of racism. She's talking about saying something, standing up against it, and that not being racist, but that absolutely being Something that's beautiful and something that's kind that draws people together. And I, for one, appreciate that. I appreciate that from several fronts because Melissa is doing. Oh, so
0: sorry way. about that.
1: <laughs> she is back from being a mom.
0: And I was just yes. telling
1: our, our folks, listeners, that, um, you know, how much it is to uh, appreciate it to see someone standing up for. Um, what we all know to be the right things against all mm-hmm. odds, but it's really not against all odds the odds are in our favor because it's right. We just got to mm-hmm. embrace that. And yes. so I was asking you, your now, how what's the name of your youngest that you just, um... uh, her name is Zoe. <laughs> wow. That's she
0: awesome. usually she, I, I usually can keep her quiet for about an hour. So this is unusual for her to be, to, but she just wanted me to get her a, a little snack that she got on the drawer. I was like, oh. <laughs>
1: I think it's awesome. Yeah, well, you know, I was asking, uh, you know, like there's people out there right now that are like, uh, you know, they're wounded, they're wounded mm-hmm. souls, et cetera. What would you say to them?
0: Um. Well, I would say that you know, right now is a time for us to heal as a country. You know, we need to come together. I, I think that's what I was saying before I left. That we need to stop looking at each other based on our differences and the color of our skin and so forth. And we need to start uniting as a country and not letting the politicians divide us because really what it is, it, it only benefits them because it's divide and conquer in order to conquer the country so that they can you know, live the kind of lifestyles they want to live and conquer the nation. So we, as, as the people, we need to stop falling for this you know um i think a lot of people are who are hurting it's because they're being told a lot of lies you know that are being perpetuated in the media for example you know the the narrative of the police shootings it's something that the left has been propagating in a in a way that is unbelievably false <laughs> And if you if you read my book, I mean, I was I was actually shocked to find out the statistics behind what they're propagating out there. It's the exact opposite. You know, white people are twice as likely to be shot by police. These were things that I was researching and finding out while I was writing the book and I couldn't believe it. You know, so it's stuff like that where, number one, we just need to educate ourselves with truth. You know, the media is never going to tell you the truth because they are I think they have, you know, with the election of President Trump, they have revealed themselves to be to be the propaganda arm of the Democrat Party. And I think that's now very obvious. Mm-hmm. President Trump kind of made it, force them out to to reveal themselves as, as who they really are. So, you know, anytime you see anything on the media that is designed to hurt you and make you feel bad about the country or feel bad about yourself, research it. You know, don't just listen to what the media is saying. Research it and educate yourself. So that's what I would tell people.
1: Unity versus division. Right. Love versus hate.
0: Yes. Joy
1: versus anxiety and fear. I think it's uh, well said. Um, You've done a masterful job of explaining difficult issues today. Which is something well, I you. think needs to happen more often. So, Melissa Tate, I appreciate you being on today. Um, I appreciate you uh, being our friends. Uh, we look forward to seeing you at we at the time of we show this. We'll have been together a, a few times at a few events. So yes, I'm yes, forward to many more together as well. Um, okay, keep standing thank strong. You you so I much, Dr. You. Mark. Yeah, Melissa Dot Get the book choice privilege. Get to know her, follow her, and you will not be disappointed, but you'll be encouraged. Thank you for encouraging us today, Melissa.
0: Thank you so much, Dr. Mark. Have a great day.
1: Thank you. You as well.
0: All right. Bye-bye. Doctors Mark and Michelle Sherwood and their clinic can help you find the hope and health you were created to enjoy. Go to Sherwood.tv for clear, proven ways you can be healthier. Subscribe at Sherwood.tv.